I know it sounds like a line, Holman, that every comedian has said over the last 50 years. Wait a minute. But why do they f*** in the drive-thru? Okay, so you are taking your incompetence of being able to order us food before the show and blaming it right back on the drive-thru operator. She walks out with a bag uh-huh. and says, I have, uh, here's your two Big Mac combos. I said, no, one Big Mac combo from my buddy Holman yeah. and one uh, quarter pounder with cheese Okay, so what combo. don't you understand and about so, combo? Well, right, not me. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so she throws me off because now I'm correcting her. Uh-huh. And so she looks in the bag. She pokes around. I'm thinking, as she's poking around in my bag, uh-huh. I'm thinking, where have your hands been? Uh-huh. Your hands are now on my fries. Uh-huh. So then she rolls the bag up and hands it to me, and I'm thinking, okay, good, I'm glad we got that straightened out. I pull into traffic, and I drive, and I get halfway here to the studio. Where's my drinks? Uh, she never brought my drinks up. Yeah, I know, because I'm thirsty right now. I'm dying of thirst. I'm covered in ants, and I'm dying <laughs> of thirst. Well, you have a warm water bottle. What are you What are you complaining about? Uh, I, I know we have warm beer to offer our That's no, not true. I pulled that beer out of the cooler. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, I just assumed it was warm because no. everything else in the cooler No, warm. one of us is not incompetent. I'm concerned that the air conditioning is not kicked on, and it is on, but it's not working. No. And our guests are going to come in and sweat. It's 100 degrees outside. And it's 95 in here. No, no, no. I just looked. 87. All right. Well, it's better. <laughs> so it's better. It's better. So let's just keep great. them outside for a few extra minutes so they get really miserable, and that way they'll be perceived coolness when they come in. I mean, above and beyond the coolness that we often don't, exude. We, we don't have any coolness. Uh, yes, we do. Did you see what I put out in the parking lot uh, today? I'll take it back. We do have some coolness. You yes. have some coolness today. What I is brought that? some coolness. The Nissan Surf, what's it called? The Surf Camp. Surf Camp. So remember, if you're listening, we talked about Nissan's uh, Titan Surf Camp, which is this really killer lifted uh, Titan XD, Cummins Diesel. Got the Icon, three-inch lift, stage five, crazy roof rack, uh, rooftop tent, Yeti cooler, which we're using right now to keep all of our drinks cold, surfboard, paddleboard, uh, rack system, KC uh, highlights, S-Pod, like all this stuff on it, and uh, I brought it here. It's pretty styling. I do I do like it's it. It's cool, right? It's, yeah. I drove it up uh, PCH today. Of course you did. And then up Main Street in Huntington. Of course you And did. everybody was looking at it. It was awesome. <laughs> did you, you didn't see the inside, so it's got the neoprene seat cover, so you know you can get them wet, dirty, whatever. We're trading cars, just by the way. You're going to take home my Cooper. No. And then I will drive. Uh, I don't want to die. I'm going to, what do you die? Yeah. Somebody will run me over. They won't even know I was there. I'm going to drive the XD. Okay. And then you're going to have the Cooper, okay. and then we'll, and I'll give it back to you next week at this time. Okay, so here's the deal. Yeah. I get the hula girl that's on the dash, though. Did you see that? Mm, I did see that. Yeah. Mm, no, it's, it's part of cool. the package. Part of the package. It, it's, it, it is awesome as you're driving and then she's still and dancing. She's dancing. I mean, yeah, I've, it's right out of a movie. I it's mean, just it's, awesome. Yeah. So they did an, a really nice job. What was your friend that we we spoke to? David Page from David Page, uh, that's right. Fluid Peak Collective. So he built that for Nissan. It's been, I think it's got like 15,000 miles on already. It's been all over the country. It's been to Florida and it's now on the West Coast. So Nissan called up and they said, hey, are you, uh, are you interested in... Uh, Driving the surf camp for a few days. How do you like it? How's the ride? It, you know what? It's it, the Icon suspension's pretty good. They did a good job on it. It swallows up the big uh, the big holes and cross ditches really nice for such a heavy truck. And it's just all the different stuff they have on there: the Nitto tires and the uh, XD wheels. And I mean, it's just it's just a really cool uh, cool truck. If you guys are looking for a truck, if you're in the market, you got to hit up Nissan. You got to go to your local Nissan dealers, one in every town, and you got to check out it, not not just the warranty is cool, but the entire five year hundred thousand miles. Five year hundred thousand miles. Yep. It's hard to beat. It's gonna it smokes everybody else. 
But this truck is, it's amazing. You get so much more than you expect. A lot of value. Yeah. You get it with the gas engine, the 5.6. You can get it with the 5 liter Cummins turbo diesel V8 in the uh, in the XD. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it, it's a great all around truck. So uh, if you're looking for a truck, check out, uh, check out Nissan. Bobby, you know the, the one thing that it doesn't come with? What? Ants? ants. Yeah, dude. Our uh, studio still has ants. ants. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck truck rides with the truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show oh, oh. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman I'm Lightning, he's Holman. He was the guy singing poorly over the yeah, intro. Yeah, always. <laughs> I don't think you help it. No? No. Well, that's I mean, why I don't I, sing dude, on the mic. Man, I just I, sing listen, in general. Listen, I love you. Yeah. I don't think you're helping the jingle. Really? You love me? I mean, not like that. Oh. We're not going to go make well, out would, or anything. No, I was thinking in sort of a brotherly sort yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I think so. Let's talk about the show. Uh, episode I 23. Think, do I have an ant on my nose? Yes. What? <laughs> I was watching it. I just it. felt something crawl. No, it was awesome because it was in your mustache from your goatee there. And I was watching it crawl, and I was just enjoying. What? Warn me. I That's think it was creepy. going it was going into your tear duct. It was no. ready for your God, tear duct. so gross. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. This is not. I wish this were radio magic. Nope. It's not. Can't edit out the ants. <laughs> That's the shirt right yeah, there. Right, yeah. Can't yeah, edit for, out the ants. Forget mounted parameters. It's all about the ants. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we have a good show. Episode 23, we've uh, we've got Greg Randolph joining us from Decked. And in fact, our Nissan Titan XD surf camp concept out there in the front has a I didn't Decked. I see that. Yeah, it has a deck system in the back. So um, we'll let them talk us through. That's a really awesome product for those of you with uh, pickup truck beds. We have Jerry Zayden from Camberg. Finally, no, you know, I know. Yes, we do. No, we don't. I know, I know. We tried like seven or eight times and it fell through and you guys have been emailing us going hey have jerry on have jerry on we want camber we want desert race we want fab shops okay all right we heard you we're sorry your call cannot be completed <laughs> no no, no I even I, better he's not calling in he's gonna be in studio i know and that's why i'm saying it's not i'm okay i'm gonna go with you all right on this crazy charade that all he's right. actually gonna finally come out. I, I texted him a little while ago he's like i'm in can't wait oh hold on look look outside the window it's Jerry. Dude, what did I tell you? <laughs> He's really here? What the heck? Dude, Jerry, I told you. Jerry, come on. Here, here, here. All right, sit oh, down. Oh, take, all right, uh, wrong mic. Here we go. Take the mic. So, uh, yeah, so we've had a ton of listeners saying, hey, what about Camberg? And I'm like, we're going to have Jerry on. And then a uh, yeah, hundred things happen. Your shop caught on fire. Trash can in the shop caught on fire. <laughs> we basically had the full-on smoke show. What? How? Yeah, yeah that was that was one of the weeks we were going to have him. He's like, dude, shop, shop caught on fire. So, Welding uh, too close to a uh, dry paperwork or something in the trash can, or what happened? I really wish it was that glamorous, but honestly, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, you know, long story short, I was uh, Thirsty Thursday with the bros, and uh, <laughs> I was at Bungalow and HB, and at, you know, 10 to 1 in the morning, I get this call from the city, like, hey, your uh, alarm's going off. I'll just send send them down, false alarms, 20 years of this, right? Yeah, right. Get another call from a different number from the city. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, your shop's on fire. You might want to get down there. So I jump into Uber, <laughs> and I'm like, we're going down Beach Boulevard. The speed limit's like 55. <laughs> Posted 40 now. Like, what's it? Summer <laughs> summer speed. Yeah, right? slow everybody down. Yeah. Yeah, I pull up to the shop, and I'm looking, and it's like, no flames, 
No helicopter buzzing overhead, so it can't be that bad. I pull yeah. up, and all my buddies, like my buddy Bill Series, one of the HB Fire dudes, like, we're trying to find the fire in your shop, and it's full of smoke, and there's water <laughs> oh, coming out the building. Oh, I'm like, no. Well, that's good, right? There's not flames Yeah, at least there's water. The yeah, you want that instead of the flames. Yeah, so we had some spontaneous combustion with some rags. Like, just such a dumb and thing. And you know what's funny is, like, people will always talk about that. They're like, hey, don't pile up your rags in a trash can or put them in a, in a flame container or whatever. But how many people do you know has actually had spontaneous combustion happen? Like nobody, right? Is that really what happened? Or are you just joking around? No, that's actually what happened. So we had, you know, in the back of the shop, we have a, we use plastic trash cans. Okay. There's strike one against us, right? Like, come on, we know better than that. (laughs) But I know, I tell the guys all the time, I'm like, guys, get rid of the trash every day. Well, trash can out back's full. We had some rags with some lacquer thinner on them, nothing crazy. And it's just, it happened. So it basically like, Caught on fire, burned up a brand new Miller welding machine, Ugh. went up a wood, and we, we made, like, this little wood partition and put some pallet, like, not pallet rack, but, you know, that, like, rack with little wood shelves yeah, in yeah. it. Well, that all just catches, and you know, fireworks, like, one piece catches, there's there air in it between, goes. it goes straight up. Well, luckily, we have sprinklers, so it just kind of kept sprinklering down on it. It popped off at one sprinkler head, just kind of put it out, but not enough to stop the smoke. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty gnarly. It was what was really interesting watching our firemen, like what they really do and how they do it. And you don't think of like, oh, the whole building's got one to two inches of water in it. You know, it's twelve thousand square feet. Yeah, with, your shop's huge. He's now. like, oh, that's like hundreds of gallons of water. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got to turn all your power off. So you don't think of stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, buildings of fire, run in, zap. You know. So yeah, they're all got rubber boots and they're all know what to do. And so they're. But they're the main breaker outside the building, right? So they're cutting all the power out. And I mean, we're there. We have such an awesome crew. Like, I was there, you know, from, you know, one fifteen in the morning until probably 10 a.m. when I actually went home to go get two hours of sleep. But I, you know, sweeping with brooms all the water out of the shop, cleaning up the mess, you know, making sure we don't get crap down the rain gutter. What like kind the, of damage did it do to, like, uh, all the wooden cabinetry and stuff like that? Did, I well, mean, one springer. So, like, people watch movies and it's like, oh, the fire goes off. And yeah, every, every sprinkler, sprinkler yeah. What those things are, like, if you look up, you actually yeah. have them in your ceiling. There's a little plastic piece yep. that just stops the water. Basically melts out, out when it gets hot enough. Yeah, so if there's a fire in this room, that pops when it hits 120 or 140 degrees whatever it is. So I, I'm confident that there's always a fire in here because it feels like this room is constantly 140 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's so the one sprinkler head goes off and it puts that much water in the shop and it water finds the lowest spot. So it's trying to get out the building. But unfortunately for us, it went all the way back to the welding area. Ugh. And uh, it was about two inches over there and it was about one inch in the shop. Fortunately, like where all of our inventory is, we only had one area where the boxes got wet because we pulled the lower shelf of the pallet rack out put the boxes on the ground, save space, right? Well, yeah, so we had to repackage that. Did it stay out of the office and all that stuff? Yeah, it got into the wood floors. Oh, and, uh, yeah. You know, thank God for insurance. You know, like I told the guy, like, look, all I really care about is, like, I want to be up and running. I'm just thankful we didn't have flames through the roof. And now uh, the damage wasn't really all that bad, but it was definitely worth having insurance. Yeah, yeah. pain and in the well, ass. And the good part is most of what you build is made out of metal. So really, other than maybe a little bit of rust, mm-hmm. Yeah, probably didn't destroy too much of your inventory. Yeah, Yeah, we actually we had a shelf go up, and it was crazy to see like these aluminum parts turn into like mush, like it was just gone. Like really, you know, aluminum bracket melted because it was all in this rack in our welding area, and then all the steel stuff. Like yeah, it got hot. Well, we just send it off to the heat treater. We ask them, hey, what do you think? Well, they put it in, they normalize it, reheat treat it, and it's just good to go. Interesting. I mean, they make metal by melting it. 
So uh, uh, this is this is pretty cool. I don't know where to start other than you know I like the fire recap. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. But, uh, <laughs> we should probably play his intro and get. I want to play thing. the intro and then explain why it's important that we have Jerry here. Yo, the drunk show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A drunk show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Drunk show represent. Who, Who dis? dis? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everybody gets an intro, love it or hate it. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> it's all good. Is it the best intro you've ever had? Yeah, you know, I'm just... Uh... <laughs> it's maybe the only intro he's ever had. All right, I so think, Holman... I, honestly, I think it is. Awesome. Holman, I would... So growing up in Huntington Beach, yep. I want your perception of Camberg. So I grew up in Huntington Beach, and I went to high school in the mid-90s, and that was like the very bleeding edge of pre-renter trucks and long travel. You know, Fabtech had come out with, you know, bent beams and things like that. And then little fab shops started kind of picking up. And then, you know, as as Fabtech and, and other bigger people went more commercialized, you wanted to go to the little fab guys that were really putting in detail and doing some really cool things. And in the in the early to mid-90s, there were people doing fab out of their garage and, and custom beams and you know, uh, the fender flares were coming from the desert scene and, and wider track, all that kind of stuff. And Camberg was like our local shop. And at the time, it was a little place. And these guys were out racing and they were out, they're like one of the first off road shops that was really proving their product in off road racing applications. And Camberg was kind of the go to place. And a lot of stuff was happening in San Diego, uh, North San Diego County, El Cajon. And Orange County, Huntington Beach was like another of those little hot spots. And so this is sort of where like the pre-runner scene and, and the Tacomas and Rangers and desert trucks sort of blew up as, as the mid-90s. And, and Jerry was a, and, and Jason were a huge part of that success and, and, and the industry. And you guys, I mean, how many years have you been in business now? Yeah, so we started in 97, so we're on 21 years now. Yeah, so how many shops have come and gone since then, yet Cambrick's had staying power? And you guys have grown into... Bigger and bigger shop space over the years. You guys have expanded your product lineup. You do two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, import, domestic. Um, you guys have a killer. I, I, I saw you at the deli the other day. A killer Raptor package that goes through and makes the Raptor even better. And so, I mean, you're tackling like high-end stuff, but you still have stuff for the entry-level guy wanting to get in. And how did you get started, Jerry? How did this whole thing happen? Yeah. So. Um I mean, just like anything, you, you talk to any like passionate business owner that just kind of created something from the void, right? So, you know, we had Downey Off Road, we had Auto Fab. Um, these these shops were around forever. They're staples. These are, those are not those are not businesses that I've heard of. I've heard of, I've heard of you. I don't off road race, but I've I knew you. Yeah, they were big and in the did, they were big in the day. Those were, were they? again local local shops that. You know, if you think of like the stadium truck years and like the the first two bumpers and you know things like that, where you can kind of make your personal truck sort of look like a stadium truck or a Baja truck with like the tube work and and bigger fenders and stuff. Those guys are doing that kind of stuff and a little bit of suspension. So take again, let's go let's go back to the beginning here. Yeah, so we had you know in high school, I'm 16. My parents buy me a little Toyota truck, and you know it started out with like, okay, I got this truck. It's got roll-up windows, no radio. My dad's like, well, if you want a radio, go buy a radio. I just bought you the damn truck, right? <laughs> so I'm me, I'm like, okay, well, CD players came out, and I want CD. I'm like all into techie stuff. I want the latest, greatest, what's the new thing. So Early I adopter. 
Yeah, so I want a CD player because they're cleaner, right? So um, I get a CD player, and now i got to install it myself because I don't have money to pay the guy. You get the tape deck and the and, Pioneer and what, speakers. what and, year would this have been? Uh, nine. Uh, gosh, you're stumping me here. 88, 89, 1989 Toyota pickup truck. So my birthday's in January. It was the first year of that new rounded-looking Toyota, and it's blue vinyl seat, blue vinyl floor, <laughs> four-speed, 22R right. engine. Yep. So it's not even fuel-injected. It has a carburetor, no AC. And no right no mirror, radio. no radio. Exactly, yep. yeah. No no uh, mirror on the other side <laughs> of the truck. Like, okay, how do I do this? Anyway, so I buy a CD player. Long story short, I install it myself. Okay, this is cool. I get all into stereo. So now, hey, I put that in myself. I want bigger speakers. I want an <laughs> amplifier. So my first automotive job was a car stereo shop. Don't tell me car fidelity. No, Sunset Sound. So Where was Sunset Sound? PCH in Sunset Beach, California. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Do you remember right off the 55 freeway with the uh, Carfidelli with the red Lamborghini on the side of the building? I do remember. I that. worked there. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Yeah, so, I mean, stereo stuff. You know, the owner of this place is Korean. Mario in the back's from Compton. He's got Dayton's. He's got a Ford. What was that car? The Roland Thund- D's. The Thunderbird, the 90 Thunderbird. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dayton's and Kicker 12s and Ryan Amps. And, I mean, I got all into that. It was pretty cool. And then I got a job at uh, Desi's Accessories on Slater, right where we started, Camberg. And uh, this is this dude, you know, his brother's a pro skater. He's a surfer dude. And I'm like, I just want a job. <laughs> well, what do you want to do? Tell me what I do. I work for you. I just want a job. Here's a broom. Okay, so there, there's another job. Did he actually hand you a broom? He handed me a that's, broom. That's like right, that's a line out of a movie or yeah, something. Right. You know? Yeah, right. All right, kids, show me what you got. So you literally you start sweeping. I'm sweeping. What do I need to do? It's window tinting. I've never tinted windows before. And then I watch him. Oh, you're putting a sunroof in. Remember, you cut the hole. Yeah. Oh, that's barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> I watched his guy do this. Now, I'm already like been cutting holes in doors for speakers. and I'm like, you know, I could do that better than your guy. He goes, you could do that? I'm like, well, yeah, let me try it. I'll just cut inside the pattern just to show you. And I did it. And so then I got to install sunroofs. And I'm like, okay, metal fab. That's kind of where it begins. Then I went back to my passion of uh, surfing, right? So growing up in Huntington Beach, surfing's been the thing. Well, I want to shape a surfboard. And for those of you guys who don't know, Huntington Beach is officially known as Surf Surf City. City. They actually own that trademark. They do. And so the the famous song, Surf City USA by Jan and Dean, was actually about Huntington Beach. And so uh, we've talked about HB in downtown. We just had the U.S. Open of Surf, right? Last week, week before, something like that? Yeah, it was an awesome showing. Small waves all week, and then what a great final that that was this year. And a local kid won it, which was awesome. Awesome. And, uh, so you you go back to uh, you're, you're you're surfing. You're you're working at the you're cutting holes in in roofs of cars. What yeah. was like ASC sunroofs? sunroofs, the pop up kind and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was time. like you could pop it up. Yeah. you could remove it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you little put, you, moon roofs. Moon roofs, right. exactly. Yep. So when you shape surfboards, you need racks. So that turned into. I got to make some racks. Well, I don't have any money. So my dad's like, well, I recommend if you're going to spend any money on anything, go buy a welding machine. So Miller buzz box, a little stick welder. I go buy a stick welder, a chop saw. I made my own racks. I had four inch square rectangle plate by quarter inch and then two inch and <laughs> 120 wall tubing. And you make these sliding racks up, right? Didn't know how to weld, but I taught myself. Got sunburned in the process. <laughs> and uh, no, it was, it was cool. So then that turned into, uh, okay, well, you know, I want, to, I want my truck to go off-road. So I'm in high school. My buddy Greg Metz 
and Jason Campbell, who's my business partner, and Justin Hines, we're all these like the moto truck dudes at school. Well, Greg Metz goes, dude, here's a Downey catalog. I'm like, whoa, what's this? It's all Toyota. They got engine swaps and Aaron takes headers. A-arms. They make A-arms for my truck. I need A-arms. So I buy the A-arms. I buy torsion bars, sway away torsion yep. bars. Yep. And I get Deutschtech shocks, right? My choice was I get Rancho or Deutschtech. But Deutschtech sold me on you push it in and you can click it. Yes. Just like a Rancho, but they're $10 <laughs> each cheaper. Yep. So it's like back into the budget, right? <laughs> so that was where I started and uh, – Bought a 93 F-150. Now I'm working at Rod Miller Motorsport. I mean, you're talking like the dude that won all the stadium races. Everything, yeah. Everything. Well, Ivan Stewart's now, how'd the you get face. A, how'd you yeah. get a job there? So Reese Millen moved in from uh, New Zealand, and uh, we were cruising Balboa because that's what you do when you're young and you're yep. a single dude. Sure. And you're, I absolutely. Can't, I can't tell you how many window tint tickets I got in Balboa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, too loud, window tint. It's kind of weird. Like, I, I talked to... My kids, my wife about all this. Like, yeah, you know, you're interested in girls, but you have girls or you have that radical fixed up, tricked out truck and stereos. Well, <laughs> we all went to the trucks and the stereos. Yeah, yes, it's just did. like, <laughs> that's what we did. And anyway, so. Somehow the girls did follow. Well, I was going to say, you got way more looks by a lot of girls rather than having to cut all your time for that one. So you sort of got the fun of it, but it was all about our hobbies and trucks and stuff. Totally. Like the, yeah. like the obsession for some people's like you know half naked girls on their wall for me it was like all the radical pictures of trucks and stare you know that's just what it was right and finnegan mike finnegan was on a previous episode remember he was talking about his mini truck and going down to balboa too so this was at the time where there were sort of like two factions it was the lifted off-road truck guys and the mini trucks but they were both like the toyotas and the hard bodies and stuff like that and and for me it wasn't a lifted truck or a mini truck it was just a cool truck woofers in a 19 <laughs> well i guess i go back so my second truck was a 1990 extra cab truck. Yeah. More space tell, for woofers. Tell me you had a walkthrough. I installed walkthroughs for people. Oh, oh, on the way. See? Kicked my ass. Yeah, See, so, full circle. We went back to mini trucking again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to fabrication. Like, I was the idiot kid that's like, I got a Sawzall, cut a hole in the bed and the back of the cab, and we'll fit four 12s, and you still have your back. <laughs> Is this around the same time as Audio Chamber? I remember those guys. Audio yeah. Chamber was killing it with the walkthroughs. Well, there was what? What is it? His name was Jim at JL or uh, JM Audio or something there in Huntington at Magnolia. He had that Ford Aerostar with all the Saren Vega 12s. I don't know if that rings a bell. <laughs> no. Loudest thing around here, like crazy. <laughs> For me, it was that. All my friends heckle me driving mini truck. No, Brum. It's just a truck with wheels. It's not actually lowered, but the weight's kind of making it that way. Well, anyways, I get the Downey catalog. I think it was a big hint from my friends. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> so I got all excited. So installed dual shocks, got the upper A-arms. The upper A-arms folded, got rid of that, got an F-150, back to Balboa. I meet Reese Millen. He's fresh off the boat from New Zealand. He's got his dad's Miata, and he raced it. There's a dude that had a, a white convertible Mustang, and his license plate said something like, I'm the fastest badass on the planet. And Reese just <laughs> embarrassed him. He got beat by a yellow Miata, right? <laughs> And I'm like, I like that guy. So <laughs> Reese and I are pretty tight. So I got a job working for Rod Millen doing sales and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I had a 93 F-150 and I'm like, okay, well, I want to do beams and I want to do this and that, which turned into, um, you know, you had your choice of auto fab, but I didn't like the way that they built the radius arms. 
I'm in a welding class at OCC at the same time and taking machining. So I make my own radius arms. I have this F-150 pre-runner going to the fireworks races and kind of the rest is history from there. And uh, Jason, my business partner, worked in Costa Mesa at a place called BMP Fabrication. And uh, he did cars for like Mike Ness, his Pontiacs, and they lowered cars. They did Brady Helm's off-road truck and kind of like we call them hot rods to curtain rods, like whatever made a buck. And uh, we did a lot of the Lorana stock mini trucks and 7S trucks, kind of when the scene was starting. And so, you know, from having my Toyota pre-runnered out to this F-150 pre-runnered out, one day I go to by Jason's work. He's got tranny fluid hanging from his hair because oh, he's man. fixing a tranny seal or changing, I don't know, whatever, servicing a transmission. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Let's just start a shop. So now it's 97 Got a buddy's Bronco. You know, let's sign the six-month lease on this building and let's build this Bronco and see what sticks. We never got to build the Bronco. Like really? it was just busy from day one. And so, where did the money come from? Did you had you had saved up or I mom and dad to, or what happened? No, my parents definitely gave me the opportunity of you can put welding equipment in the garage, you could subpanel the garage, but you're paying for it all. So I worked. I've I've, I've had my first job was. Uh, Breakfast in the park in Huntington Beach, making pancakes <laughs> yep. and eggs. That yeah. was honestly my first job. Wow. So Alice and her husband, I'm in eighth grade. Yeah, you could be a cook. All right. All right. <laughs> awesome. So when you say that it, you were busy from day one, how, why, how the word get out? Was it just because you had that one badass truck and nope. it dovetailed from there or nope. what? I wound up uh, having, so I got married in July of 97. And at the time I had a, um, a brand new 96 Forerunner. It was four cylinder stick shift. The cheapest one is like 16,995. That's what I was driving. We start the shop. And uh, I took out an ad. We didn't have the the internet yet, so I took out an and ad. No social media, no internet. Yeah, I mean, no. Oh, wait a minute. Am I am I am I the idiot here? Where, where does the name come from? So Jerry Zeidenberg, Jason Campbell. No, Camberg. my lord, I yeah. didn't. Okay. So I take out an ad in the recycler, and like when I was at the stereo shop, we had the recycler, Korean owner, bro. We need full page ads. We have all this Orion and Phoenix Gold amps and MB Court, like all these brands. We're that guy, so let's do that. Well, then we became a GTE mobile communications dealer, so I shot myself <laughs> on the foot on the best job ever because I tell him when he's reading his Korean newspaper, let me see that one day, no ads, nothing, no stereos, no phones, nothing. We're crushing it on, we're like, what is it, LA Cellular and Pac Bell? Yeah, yeah. Crushing it. Every time someone sells a cell phone, like I sell a cell phone, guy keeps it three months, I get a $300 check. Right. I'm a senior in high school having meetings with the guidance counselor with my dad going, your kid's going to be just flipping burgers all life. I'm like, bro, I'm like making okay money here. <laughs> so I tell the owner that he winds up selling it, moves to Koreatown, ads in the Korean newspaper. He's He became like the cell phone king up there, right? <laughs> he offered me a job, but I'm, you know, 18 and living in HB. I'm not moving to LA to no. sell cell phones. Yeah. So anyway, so we start the shop, back to the recycler. Yeah, that full page ad's two thousand dollars. Oh well, was it that much back then, dude? It was, yeah, that was because I remember everything was recycler and auto trader. Yeah. That's like the things we lived on. And you'd no. go to the liquor store and you'd pay your ninety nine cents and you'd get your print recycled print newspaper is basically what the paper stock was. Yeah, and we would sit in class in high school behind our textbooks and we'd be either the recycler or the auto trader. Those Absolutely. were the two. Magazines. Now, let me ask you: Did did the recycler exist in other parts of the country or was that yeah. local Southern California? Oh, I don't know. I know there's an L.A. version, but I don't know if it was... Because, for example, like in Arizona, it's the white paper or whatever yeah. you call it there. You know, the, every every little town's got their own, what do you call it, classifieds. And that's what it was here. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Like, there's so much stuff. It was kind of like 
Craigslist in print form back then, right? Like that That's, would be the equivalent that, now. That would be the. Yeah. Equi- I would say Craigslist is just a knockoff. Uh, exactly. Of the exactly. So I call the rep and I'm like, okay, hey, I need to do an ad. I've spent a lot of money with you here. So he's like, honestly, we can't really hook you up. The most I can do is like 20% off or something. So I'm like, all right, well, how much is like in the truck parts category, like lift kits and bold, <laughs> Ford, Chevy, Toyota, Nissan? That's $8 a week. Beautiful. Done. Done. What? $8 a week was my advertising budget wow. when I started. Phone rang off the hook. It was the best ad ever because everyone's looking for cheap. Everyone's looking for what's used to put on my truck. I don't need to look at the big fancy ad. Let's call. Hey, what do you have for this? Oh, we got CST. We got Fabtech. We custom make this stuff ourselves. But you want lift spindles? No problem. We got Bullseye. That then turned into a whopping $200 a month advertising budget for a little square in the back of Off-Road Magazine. And then that went big. Built a website. I had one of the first off-road websites, if not the first off-road website. Met Klaus at racedesert.com yep. when he was extremeoffroad.com. Reached out to him. He lived right down the street in Huntington Beach. Um, we became good friends. We started Race Desert. It was never mine, but I helped him do it with tons of photos and video. Just growing the culture. Yeah, content, basically. All about content. Yep. So message boards were the big thing. I just got involved in message boards. And that's where I met you. You and your buddy Tim came by the shop. They both had four-wheel drive Rangers, right? And then we did this Bilstein kind of conversion. So was Holman a fanboy? They they were really into the brand. Like, yeah. I think what it was is you just couldn't get. Oh, that's so cute, Holman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I just I loved off roading and nobody. So like nobody in my family is is really a car person or a truck person or off road person. I sort of found out I I was uh, a camp counselor at Boy Scouts at a, a faraway camp out in northern San Diego County called Lost Valley, and there's an 11 mile dirt road into camp, and so I did that for like three or four summers. And that's where I got my love of off-roading because I would take my Honda Accord at the time and I would, you know, go down this dirt road. It sucked, but then we ride with our buddies with Toyota trucks or a Wrangler and you just haul ass on the road. And then we'd go on the weekends when we had, because camp was in during the week and we'd have weekends off. And so for the day or two you go in the weekend, you'd go out in the desert and I had a buddy who had a mid-70s power wagon, buddy who had a brand new uh, uh, YJ a Wrangler, had a buddy who had Toyota truck. I mean, and so we would all pile in a CJ7 and all of us, we go camping, go off-roading. There's a um, an Indian reservation behind our camp, so you take this dirt road until the Indians would shoot at you, and then you would come back, you know? And then that's where I kind of got my love of off-roading. So when I came back home after, you know, I was probably in my early college years and late late high school years, the only people that I knew that did off-roading were my pe- the people on the message board, because I helped start a message board called Off-Road Rangers. And there's another one with one of Jerry's guys called Desert Rangers that were kind of like the two big ranger off-road forums. The only people that did were like, in my town were Jerry and Jason at Camberg, right? So I went by lots of times just to Google. I didn't have any money, but I'd go by and look. I remember the first lift kit I got for my 94 or uh, Ranger Splash, Stepside, 4x4, four four, four, had, had the 4-liter, a, uh, A4LD automatic, and the sports seats. It was cool, but it was James Duff because they had, you know, the big radius arms, the ex, you know extra length, and then they had their cool 70-30 shocks. So I did the dual shock kit with the 70-30s and, I mean, all this stuff that today people would laugh at. But I, I read the magazines, right? And I read about James Duff and I read about Camberg. And what was your first big hit commercially for trucks? What was the, the your breakout part? So Jason and I owned Toyota trucks when we started Camberg. So we're Toyota-based and... Very quickly, Ford Ranger was it. Like, it just 
boom, done through the room. Why was that? I beams, I think, really. You had Autofab. They're the only guy in town. They're way down at the border in San Diego. Very difficult to deal with. Extremely expensive. And we just did it way better. We gave people what people wanted and what they wanted, what was on race trucks. They didn't want to be told you need four shocks per corner. They wanted a one coil over and an air bump. So <laughs> we did a Heim joint radius arm. No one did Heim joints except race trucks. We did the bent beams. Then we did custom beams. Which the custom beams were like a big deal because you were able to extend the track width. And so you basically take the, the spindles and everything, put them on the end of the longer beams, and now you had full-size truck width on your midsize Ranger. Ah. And so you just you could go over more stuff, more stable, and yeah. just hit stuff. And So we had fiberglass fenders. We had And Autofab made the fenders. They bent the beams. They had four shocks per corner. It was just, and I think what it was is he said, oh, you get 16 inches of travel. And then we hooked up the shocks without the spring and it moved 13 inches. And then we put the spring back in there and went, well, the spring doesn't drop down the other three inches. So how is he claiming 16 inches here? And that's where it's like, we need a coilover. So we put coilovers in the trucks. Okay, now we get 16, actually 18 inches, and we strapped it back to 16 Well, what was funny about that too is I remember how difficult he was to deal with and I remember everybody. So again, we're still going, talking about Autofab, Autofab in San yeah. Diego. It was a John, right? Yeah. Yes. So very innovative guy. Like yeah. his fiberglass was beautiful. He's just a grumpy old dude, and but I respect the guy, right? Like he accomplished a lot and did a lot, and he kind of paved the way. Yeah. So you had Jim, the owner of Downey Off Road, and you had um, Autofab, yeah. and it's it John at Autofab, and it's like you know he bent the beams for us for years, and he did a lot of stuff for us, um, but he never. I guess, really moved forward. It just kind of stayed there. And I think he's still in business doing what he does, which now is very specialty because people are going backwards. So he's right. probably blowing up with F100 stuff. Yep, all the old school stuff that died off is now cool again. But I was going to say with, you know, Jerry was talking about message boards and that's kind of how, that's where we all got to know each other back then. And that's where you learned about stuff. John was sort of like the only guy in town doing that stuff until you guys came along but the difference was when you came along and people started talking about it and their experience at Autofab and their experience at Camberg, that's, I think, where Camberg got big because, A, Camberg was more centrally located to the L.A. scene, right, and it being up here in Orange County, Autofab way down by the border, and Autofab being expensive and difficult to deal with. People are like, well, why would I go down there? I measured it. It's 13 inches. You know, Jerry gives me 16, 18, like he was saying. That's one of those things where... I think because of the message boards, word got out, and that's where reputations were basically for- forged in that time period. You know, we gave people technology. We we were now we're the evolution of the sport, right? So it was here, James Duff and Rancho and Procon, like all these brands, and then there's Camberg. Hey, did you see that stuff? It's TIG welded. It's radius arms. It's Heim joints. It's coilovers. It's air bombs. Well, they just put bypass shocks through the bed of a truck. There's fiberglass that's actually painted on the truck. Like, we did all that. And then it turned into, because uh, we started in 97. Then it quickly, just 98 was an A-arm truck. And no one touched the A-arm Ranger. It was kind of like. Especially the 4 by 4s Yes, and they still don't. Yeah, I mean, there, there, <laughs> RCD, which I had, yeah, was one of the cool only kit. people in town. They did a, a coilover that took out the torch. So the problem with the, the with 98 and up, right, Yeah, Rangers, is... They went from the being a twin traction beam truck, which was way easy to work with, especially when you swap in some F-150 parts and stuff like that, 
to being a torsion beam truck or a torsion bar truck that nobody it didn't share parts with anything. Nobody had anything to do with them. And so the cool thing was to take off the torsion bars and put in coilovers, but there was nobody doing that unless it was really custom and really expensive until RCD came around, but then RCD kind of flubbed the launch of that because they didn't have the geometry right, so you'd be pulling out half shafts and stuff. Yeah. And so now, rather than having a twin traction beam where you don't have to worry about axle shafts, now you have A-arms where the only way to get more travel is wider track width, and you have to worry about CV axles. got super expensive. And so um, I think even on Tim's truck, I think you guys kept the torsion bars but put a really high-quality shock in there. Yeah, and you know to take that to the next level is, um, so we had the Lucas Oil Ranger, and if you YouTube it, you'll see me just completely tumbling down Barstow Main at like 80 miles an hour. <laughs> I remember um, that. <laughs> yeah, so you know that truck was kind of short-lived. We had some success with it. And then it's like, look, like everything's going A-arm now. Let's evolve again. So let's do this A-arm. So we we like torsion bars. Like people don't understand torsion bars. Really? Like, Why? Why? Explain. It's an easier package spring. It's yeah. a spring. That's all it is. I mean, people are like, I just want a coilover. But aren't the rates radically different? No? Do I just not it's understand? Well, you twist it and yeah, it's a spring. The problem with torsion bars, in my opinion, from the aftermarket perspective, is people don't understand them because when they're in a GM product, for example, it's interference bump stops. So there's not a lot of travel. And when you crank up the bars, because you already don't have a lot of travel, you lose a lot of droop. And so you kill your ride. Toyotas were the same way. You'd crank up the bars, but you'd have no wheel travel. So a properly done torsion bar, so Swayway made different torsion bar rates and where you could get the height out of the bar without having to twist them. So now you still had all your wheel travel. And so that that didn't really exist everywhere. And in people's minds, oh, I had a really bad experience with torsion bars on my Chevy truck. I or think I had, everyone, every, or my Toyota. I think so many consumers just associate torsion bars with a rough ride. But, well, and especially when that's when you're doing a torsion bar lift. So enter, you know, Camberg where they're giving you an actual different torsion bar that's correct where you're keeping your wheel travel and now you have room for a badass shock because you don't have to share the real estate and the wheel well with a coil that changes everything yeah and so what we did is we took um a 2002 ford ranger edge two-wheel drive so that edge yep. is built on the four-wheel drive chassis but it's two-wheel drive and we said look like we're gonna just like shake things up here so we ran the stock torsion bar because they're pretty beefy on the ranger Cycled the travel. Okay, cool. The ball joints are giving us around nine inches here. We ran dual shocks, sway away dual 2.5 inch shocks. Um, we modified them. So we used two inch pistons, put cans inside so they were internal bypass. And that's what's coming stock on Raptors now. So we did this back in 2002 or three. Yeah, the Edge was basically Ford's answer to the TRD pre-runner Tacomas, yes. right? So it was okay. a four-wheel drive truck without the four-wheel drive drivetrain. So the suspension was all the same. Chassis was the same, just didn't have a front differential and half shafts and uh, T-case. Yeah, so we ran what we call our 6.0 kit. So we had a new upper control arm with a new spindle, but all stock hubs and bearings. You have four inches of lift out of the spindle. The, the key is, like what you said, the torsion bars run stiff. Well, what happens is people overcrank them and they turn their truck into a pogo stick. Yep. You have to have two and a half to three inches of droop to have a good ride. Ah. If you don't have droop, the second you hit a bump, you're just off the ground. Yeah, I mean, you're if you're you, you might be okay if you're going through rollers and you're using and cycling all that suspension, but the second you have a G out or something that drops, I mean, it just upsets the entire chassis and it's rough. It's it's 
it's the wrong way to, to, to lift the truck, you know, to get performance out of it. Yeah. A lot of people were doing it, though. So many people were doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that kit today, I mean, we still sell a lot of those Ranger Edge kits. And, you know, we ran that a few races. We actually got on the podium against, like, full-blown long-travel trucks. Like, 1450 was the Run What You Brung class. We, I'll never forget the first time we came up. People were laughing at us. Guys that were racing really? are like, dude, you just went from that radical V8 Ra- Lucas Oil Ranger that you raced and now you're doing this. I'm like, yeah, dude, this thing's fast. Like this four liters faster than that 302 GT40 motor. They, it actually goes faster. Like top speed on the dry lake bed was like 82 miles an hour. The V8 was 80. So we're actually faster. And so they didn't believe it until we passed them <laughs> with no wheel travel. We have nine inches. They have long travel kits or they have wow. I-beams. But we were strong. We didn't break. Did that a few races, proved our point. Then we went long travel, and that's when we went into, uh, I think it was like 2004 Baja 1000, and then uh, Baja 500, and then did the MDR night races. and Which were awesome, by the way. Those are still, that's where I got my taste of desert racing, the MDR, uh, Mojave Desert Racing Association, yes. right? You could literally get the, the course map from an email, figure out where it was, and you and your buddies would go party at a corner somewhere and watch all the race trucks go by. And it was in the middle of the night. And... You could do it in the middle of summer because at night it was 80 degrees and everybody's just hanging out and cheering race trucks going on. It was it was like the Wild West back there. There was nobody telling you you couldn't be out there. So you're just people scattered along the race course and for people racing, there are people all over the course. It was fun. Yeah, very old school. It was really cool. Was there um, an innovation that you're really, really proud of at Camberg? Something that you think that you led the way that, that other guys... For instance, we had Ryan Kibian. And we were talking about guys that he looked up to. Because there's a lot of little guys, like young guys, that look up to Ryan, and then Ryan looks up to you. Take me back to a time when you're like, holy we just invented something. I mean, when I think about that, when I look at the industry is the custom I-beam, the long travel kit on the truck that's legit. So, like, Ryan Kibbe had our Chevy long travel kit on his Chevy. Right. His kit, like, with the steering clevis that he has – with the way the uniball is on the bottom where the bulk goes up and down and a one inch on the top where the bulk goes front and back, that's what we did. No one did it before us. We right. did it. Okay. And so when we do that, I mean, these are things we innovated. That steering clevis, you know, Jeremy, who owned Desert Rangers, worked for us. We fabbed something up like that, you know, so we did it first by, by making it out of metal. He took it to our machinist and made an aluminum one, and then we perfected it into a stainless steel one. And then we really tightened it up and made a custom bolt in that. So, But those are things that were innovated through the Camberg shop and racing. This is why we race. Basically, you put that steering clevis on there, you're moving the center of that ball. The pivot goes out no matter what. So it's a necessary evil. So you gain strength. I wish you guys could see his hands moving Yeah, no, yeah. Jerry's totally explaining this. We're like, yeah, this I get what, it. This yeah. is why we need Facebook Live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... So when you move the pivot out, you amplify bump steer, but we gained strength. And that's the whole point of it. Some trucks need it. Well, now people abuse it and they put these steering clevises on everything. Yeah. We are the steering clevis. They've all duplicated our steering clevis. Interesting. Now, they don't understand the steering clevis other than what it looks like. <laughs> and so they're putting it on all kinds of stuff and scratching their heads. Like, why do we have all this bump steer and why is there these problems? Oh, why doesn't count? Well, that's why we don't make it for that truck because you don't need to make it for the new Raptor. Uh, you don't need to make it yeah. for the Toyota products. Those trucks are so beefy, they don't have a problem. But the Ford Ranger had a really big problem. The Chevy long travel kit needed that. Like, so that's why we do it on certain models. 
So those were things. And then the other big one is something I probably should have put a patent on, but it's too late. But the, um, the taper adapter that when you take the stock upper A-arm off a truck and you put a new A-arm on top, you have a taper where the ball joint went in and the nut pulls the taper down. Right. Well, we made a tapered spacer that also acts like the uniball adapter and the top goes in and the nut, the head of the bolt's sunken in it and you tighten it up and it pulls all together. We invented that. Everyone's uh. knocked that off. Now, yeah, we have prior art to it and whatever, whatever, but it's back to it. It's like you go spend a bunch of money, whatever. We'll still kick their ass on just making right. better products. I know something that you guys kind of experimented with early that a lot of people ended up using, and that was the short body uh, monotube shock, where you're shoving the, the, the longer travel internals in a short body. I know you guys were doing that way earlier than, than almost everybody. Yeah, so when you see a coilover bolted into a stock truck, we had a relationship with Swayaway. Swayaway had the shocks. We took a two and a half inch shock because they made the top of the shock around the can. So the piston could go higher in the shock. And so we adapted into a Toyota truck, their shock. And so we're the ones that put that two and a half inch coilover into lifting a Tacoma truck. Because hmm. the new Tacoma came out and that was 95 and a half, but no one did anything for it. It was a different. It was like it was a ah. totally different truck. It was wider. It was bigger. The suspension was yeah. was different. We were talking to uh, was it Bobby at Sadistic who was talking about when he got a ninety five yes, and a half yes. and nobody touched it and he went to SEMA with it body or I don't know if he body dropped or, or just laid frame on he it. He laid frame on it and that thing. was like the first time and people were blown away because at ninety five and a half people didn't know what to do with it. No, like he, it was, he, so he, he was different. He was. Do you know Bobby at Sadistic? I, I don't. Works? Yeah. yeah, I don't. So he's he's up in the high desert, but he does a lot of mostly bagged trucks. Okay, and uh, and so yeah, he was he's like he he was telling us the story how he went to the dealership and he's like. Man, I'm really about to buy a brand new truck that I'm going to make payments on, and I'm going to I'm going to destroy it. I'm, I'm taking gonna, out the sawzall. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take out the sawzall. I'm not going to have a warranty. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, this young dude starting his own business, and yeah, and it, and it made a stir, and it and it built his business because, like you, you just built something you wanted to build, and then people really respond to it viscerally. Yeah, and and what's crazy when we look at it is I owned a '96 Forerunner two wheel drive, which was that truck. We never did anything. I wound up just selling the 4Runner going back to like a little red 92 Toyota truck because that's what our business was. What do you do? There's like a coil over in there. Like how do you change this, right? So we're used to torsion bars and long travel Toyotas and radius arms and I-beams and it took a little bit of time. And then what we did is, um, who was it? I want to say it was Jordan May. Remember Jordan yeah. May? Yes. So he Still had a white them. Toyota Tacoma truck. Is it truck. just a random dude who works at a no, shop? No, no. He used to, uh, well, he's he's worked at a bunch of places. He was a magazine guy at Off-Road for a long time. Really good photographer. He does a lot of like lifestyle stuff, but always a, a, a hardcore like desert guy. Like Got love it. the desert off-road scene. Got it. Yeah. So we did the first long travel kit, I believe on his Tacoma truck. And that's where we put the, you know, we made the arms wider and uh, put the coil over in there, so we used an eight-inch travel shock, and then that led to uh, doing the coil over in the stock location with an upper A-arm. James Chen at Axis Wheels, we actually did this on his truck. We made the first upper A-arm replacement on a Toyota on his truck for the new Tacomas. Which is like the standard that people do now. Is everything is start yeah. with an upper control. I mean, the Tacomas are so good out of the factory. A high-quality shock, an upper A-arm. I mean, you're, you know, you could do a few other things, different offset wheels and a spindle if you want to, but those two basic upgrades will give you, what, 10 inches of travel, 11, something like that? Yeah, but most of the trucks are between like 8 and 10. Yeah. 
Um, and with it, a good shock, you can hit pretty decent stuff. Yeah, honestly, like we we just had this conversation today because there's all these great brands of shocks out there. And when you look at what Fox is doing, where they have that dual speed compression adjuster on the reservoir, like what that actually does, like when you understand it, it's really cool. Because when you hit something really big, it just blows it open. But the slow speed control you gain out of it and the high speed you gain out of it is awesome. So you put those in a truck. They have extended travels. They work with our upper uniball arms. Like we, we, Most companies use a one-inch uniball on their upper arms. We use inch and a quarter, inch and a half because we get that extra travel. And we work with the shock manufacturers to make us a little bit longer shock. It'll droop out a little more. And we get more travel. So it's like we used to say like on the old Raptor, like why would anyone buy this? It's 11 inches of travel. A Raptor's wider A-arms are the stock Tundra A-arms. Like it's not any different. <laughs> now the new Raptor... That's you yeah. Know, you're, that's a whole other animal. Now they're yeah. 14 and a half inches. Now yeah. we're talking. Now it's more like long travel. But when you do like the Chevy Silverado with a replacement coilover and upper arm, the Tundra, it's pretty cool like what those feel like with just a coilover and an upper arm. Like that's a lot of travel compared to what we got back in 97. We've got a lot of full-size truck driving listeners. Yeah. So when it comes down to uh, the most popular HD trucks for us, so when we're talking – you know, the Ford Super Duties, we have a coil spring. We start you out with a two-inch Fox or Bilstein shock. Then you get into the bigger, like, two-and-a-half-inch shocks. Um, so, like, all the shock manufacturers make them. Um, our favorites, like, you know, you, you throw on a dual-speed compression-adjusted Fox shock on there. Um, now you have race truck parts, and it works well. So that's the... The Ford F-250, then the, the Chevy HD, we do a little bit longer shocks. Everyone with HDs complains about the ride quality. Well, back to it is like they have the stock length shock, so they're just tugging on the shock because yeah. that's how – And you can uh, feel though, there's no droop, right? So you can feel – Your pogo stick. Yeah, you can feel that that front drop out and yank the truck down. And, you know, going back to Jerry's comment about, you know, the two and three inch lifts, the other benefit of doing that is now you're still – you don't have to change the geometry of, you know, steering and, and – uh, you don't have to change your your links for your front axle and stuff. So now you're still using OE bushings, you know, OE connections. So you have isolation, same as the factory. You have the quietness. You have the reliability of bushings that were made to last 100, 150,000 miles. But you get all the performance of a desert truck by having a really good shock. And going back to your question about does he make anything that rides better? I guarantee you anything that comes out of Camberg that's made for the desert is going to ride better than what's factory. No, I know, and I, I, but I, I don't mean that. Obviously, he's making stuff that's better than the factory, but I wanted, you know, if, if a guy who just, he's, he's got an HD, and a lot of people were buying the new the new Duramax trucks, yep. and they're like, I love my truck more than anything. I just don't like the way it yep. rides. You know, I'm asking for solutions. For yeah, I don't guys. think it's either or. I think a standard kit will solve that problem yeah, for you. So for us on the HD would be back to it, a large two and a half inch shock. I mean, that's the thing right. people don't get is this truck is huge. Heavy. Heavy. A little two inch shock is not enough shock. I mean, it's not even enough and for it's a an range. You know what that's like? It's like a magnet on a woofer that's way too small. Just can't control the woofer. Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like a tweeter magnet on your woofer. It just doesn't work. But it's like the Chevys, for those of you who are listening who don't understand the difference, a Super Duty is a solid front axle and a Chevy is an A-arm. So the the spring rate, the shock valving, and the philosophy that goes in the tuning is completely different between the two trucks. You literally are leveraging the shock double. So we make an upper arm, lets it droop further. We have a longer shock. And, you know, we worked with Bilstein, develop a longer drooping shock. Um, that's a great start. That's not where we say to go. Like, if you're just driving down the street, cool. But if you're going to go in the dirt, an example I have is I went down to Baja. There was that big hurricane that happened, like, a few years back. And I went down there with Sonny Garcia, the pro surfer. He rode with me. We helped out. Uh, Cameron Steele did this whole 
you know, Baja, let's go, you know, bring tons of water and, you know, Monster donated. I don't know. Like, Just doing a ton of aid down there. Tons of aid. Yeah. I forget the name of the organization they created. But anyways, so we took the road back from Bay of LA. We got on the highway, went by Coco's Corner up to San Felipe. So it's just a dirt graded road. I melted the Bilstein shock. I wasn't pushing the truck. I was. It's a super duty. I'm driving it respectfully. The boot of the shock was dripping down the body. Oh, my God. That's just how hot everything got. Because I went like 100 miles off road, and it's just washboard road. It's like short, high frequency stuff. Yeah. And when you don't have a reservoir, you're not, you don't have all that extra oil volume to be able to be circulating through the shock. And so, or even with a it's smaller reservoir, boiling. It's just, yeah, just boiling. boiling. They just get, they just get hot. Yeah. And so these trucks are 10,000 pounds, they need big shocks. So our whole philosophy is like quality shock, quality spring fixes the problem. Now on the Chevy HD, so we do the upper arm, we recommend the bigger shock, and then we do a whole new steering replacement. So the size of the steering on a Chevy HD is literally your pinky. And if you you could I, YouTube it, everyone Which else is why you, yeah. can, you can feel and see if, if yeah. you're oh, an it's HD so climbing. It's so freaky when you see yeah. the guys that like just out of, out of Glamis, you know, oh, yeah. or places or anywhere off-road and you see the whole front wheels just yeah. in and out, wobbling in and out. And, and you're, out. Like, you're like, dude, those are going to come off. Yeah, there's that, that's tons you break of tie YouTube rods. videos yeah. all over the place. You go watch it, like the Hummer H2s. Yeah, and, they're notorious for having undersized tie rods. Well, yeah, I mean, GM designed the truck with little tires and we're putting 33 to 35 inch tires on these trucks. It wasn't designed for that. So much rotating mass. Yeah, so we come in, we have bigger steering. So like the steering's literally like one inch to inch and a quarter diameter. The join on the inside is like a big ball joint up there, but it's like literally 150% larger. Everything's just beefy. So we're, we're fixing the truck to handle the bigger tires, ride really well. And um, I've taken guys like Robert Wilson, um, you know, he's a guy, he used to own Modern Image, if you ever watched uh, that. So he owned that. He was at Lucas Oil for a long time. Well, he had a Chevy HD. He's been driving it for like over 100,000 miles. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to finally try what you have. Okay, cool. Your torsion bars are stock. Yep. They're just cranked up. It's like a pogo stick. I'm like, cool. We adjust the torsion bars down a quarter inch, put our upper arm on there, put in the better shock. And he's like, I honestly can't believe that I've been driving this truck this way for 10 years. Oh, it is man. like night and day better. Just because of setup. Yeah. Like everything in life, you just set it up properly. It's that extra 10%. You can get, anybody can get 90% of the way there. It's that extra 10% that makes all the difference, especially when you're tuning suspensions and trucks. Absolutely. If I'm a customer or I'm touring Southern California and, and I cruise into a Tecamberg, what do I see? What do I, what's the vibe of the shop of your organization? I mean, tomorrow, it's like a sweat shop. I mean, it's so <laughs> hot. You guys don't know, but it, it is, so it is 160 hot. degrees oh out God. here. Yeah, yeah, so if you come to my shop tomorrow and you come in my office, it's like sitting in a sauna. No, but honestly, you know, you, you get to the parking lot, and it's kind of one of those surreal moments. Like, every now and then, I, like, kind of stop and look at it, and I'm like, it's actually pretty cool, right? There's uh, Super Duty trucks. There's Chevy long travel trucks, Raptors, the a lot of our employees, they have long travel linked Rangers and just kind of cool just in the parking lot. There's probably 20 trucks. It's a car show every day. It honestly is. So yeah. we get people from Japan or from, you know, Wisconsin or whatever. They're, you they're know, J- Japan down. or Wisconsin. Either <laughs> me, both of them. It's, <laughs> no, but awesome. it's crazy. You know, these yeah. guys come in, they get pictures, they want to tour the shop. What's the, the biggest, shop. what's the most international business? Like what part of the world do you guys sell the most internationally? Is it the Middle East? Is Middle it Australia? East. Yeah, yeah, Middle, Middle East. Okay. Australia's, uh, they got weird laws over there. Yeah, they there do with the lift kits and things like that and bumper heights and how much you can go yeah it gets a little weird and yeah. uh yeah the middle east is huge you know we've uh built 
Um, we built a trophy truck for one of the, like a Prince of Qatar, yeah. right? Yep. So that was like 600 grand for a trophy truck. Oh my Lord. Carbon. I want carbon fiber body, yeah. match my 918 spider. Like, <laughs> okay. Was cool. it weird for a guy to roll in and just say, I, there is no budget. Just build this I for me. I never met the guy. Oh, like the guy yeah, dealt the with was, uh, that's odd. The dude that ran cigarette boats in Florida, like. He was my guy. Like, he called, hey, how much is this? Okay, cool. Six oh. months later, what's your wire info? My bank calls, hey, you just got a quarter million dollars wired yeah. to you. Wait, what? I don't even know what it's for. And I called that guy. He goes, oh, yeah, I just sent you money. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no contract, nothing. And there's there's other people. I know uh, Mel Wade at Offroad Evolution has mm-hmm. a lot of business in the Middle East and, and has built vehicles for shakes and things like that. And same deal. It's just like their people call you and they'll tell you what it is. And then yeah. you finish the project and car transporter comes, picks up whatever you built and off you are. And then a year later they go, I'm either sending you it back because I want it to be even more badass or I want you to build me this this time. And it's crazy. Like that money's out there. It's literally like... When it breaks, I just want a new one. Yeah. Like, they just Disposable. Yeah. Last year, we completed, uh, well, actually, the beginning of this year, we completed um, the UAE defense. So it'd be like their border patrol. So we did 425 Toyota Tundra trucks worth of parts. Wow. <laughs> Huge order. Huge order. It was really cool. And the uh, same thing. I was like, met those guys at the Sandsport show. We had a booth. They looked at Jason's buggy with the kinetic shocks yeah. we built. And, you know, because he had a cantilever on the back of the buggy. Like, no one does that, right? Jason does just, Yeah, just wacky, yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, back and forth. I finally got to the point with like, dude, are you doing this or not? Just come back when you're ready to do it. And finally, like, he just came by and slid a check across the table. He's like, is that enough for a deposit? I'm like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That'll buy materials and a hamburger. Yeah. So, so that, that, was, that was six or seven figures. It was large. Okay. <laughs> ah. So, I mean... Uh, <laughs> nice, nice try there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we bought in shocks from Fox, which way we probably did in two years. Man. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. So it was all long travel. It was uh, coilovers, bypass in the front, air bumps and bypass in the rear. Came Man, out Jerry's buying clear. lunch next time I see him at the deli. Right? We'll, we'll I, buy, we'll buy I, I run into Jerry. Like, we have a, uh, a friend that owns a deli. And so, like, every time I've seen Jerry in, like, the last two years, other than Vegas Torino last year, yeah. it's just passing in the deli, you know? Yeah. And, it, and I still haven't been Deli-licious. by the shop. Delicious. Our friend Wendy owns it. And and I got I still got to come by the new shop. I mean, it's not that new anymore, but I mean. I, it's just, been there 12 years. I know. I, 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 You're a dick. That's, I know. I am. Problem. I'm a horrible friend. Jerry, what's the future of Camberg? Ooh. Um, I don't know. Like. I feel like we're kind of already doing so much. Like we build full nine inch floater rear ends, all the billet hubs. We build race trucks, trophy trucks. It, it's kind of like just a new model's going to come out. You got a bright future, my friend. I think so. <laughs> Are you going surfing tomorrow? You know, I actually might. Yeah. I actually might. That's a good life right there. Living waves waves are getting a little bigger. Yeah, but believe big. it or not, like I, I drive, my, my routine's like Sugar Shack twice a week. <laughs> and then love the sugar shack. If I don't go Local to sugar shack, yep, yep, yeah, Main right Street. on Main Street. And then if it's not sugar shack, I I check out the waves, turn right, go to the 24 minute spot, go into Huntington Servants Park, get my coffee, and then I'm at work. There like, you go. That that's the routine. I and think you got the dream life. I do, dude. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. He's got a business. He this lives in like Huntington a, Beach. He like goes a talking surfing. Head song, dude. <laughs> that sound like that's that, not my it? beautiful uh, <laughs> shop. Yeah. Exactly. We just have fun. So, Jerry, if, if people want to check out Camberg, what's your uh, website? Yeah, basically everything's at Camberg Racing. Camberg is with a B-U-R-G. So Perfect. Camberg Racing. Jerry, we were going to kick you out, but now that uh, we got Greg here 
and and you were like starting to salivate over his decked product. I think it was <laughs> I think it was the, like the good call to keep you in your mind. I absolutely don't mind. I saw this product <laughs> at my shop, and I'm like, that is awesome. Wait a minute, you saw it at at your shop. Yeah, so, I saw um, it at SEMA, but why? how did it end up at your shop? When are you guys running it? So we have Linex of Huntington Beach right down the street, and uh, we have a Raptor we did. And, um, I mean, we did the works on this Raptor, and, you know, Linex did the inner fender wells, and they came back, and he had that in the bed, and it was really cool. So we have um, Greg Randolph. Greg, what is your role at Decked? Uh, I clean the bathrooms. Make sure the. Make <laughs> all right, so, the uh, all right, so we found out he's a liar. So we're going to start off with your, your intro. <laughs> Welcome to the parts department. Uh, Nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you want to come back. Because our wife told us not to spend money on the in the, in the but, accessories department. But Decked makes something that makes me want to spend money. So now she's pissed. Yeah, we spent all, we of, spent our, all of our, our money savings on Decked. You know, of all the stuff you guys are probably talking about on the show, this may be the only wife endorsed product that you'll ever, Ooh. <laughs> you'll ever you, have on the program. Would yeah. you say this is a marriage saver? This is definitely. You know, you can talk your wife into getting one of these because it's so practical, so functional. You can prove to her that you're going to save time. You're going to save money. That you can put all your things in the pitch. weekend. You can really, really sell this. You can drive it home with your wife. Uh, there's, you know, like exhaust or tires or wheels. She might start to question, yeah. like, you know, what's below the belt. But this is really does, about, you know. I want to hear. Hold on a second. Does this homie. make your new pickup more pickup-y? Uh, with extra pickup. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, decked is, if you think about it, it's a sort of a false floor for your uh, pickup bed. And underneath of it, it's 12 inches. Is that the typical height? Yeah. You have these uh, pull-out drawers. Uh, wheels, ball bearings, the whole work, lockable uh, drawers, two of them. Don't per- wait, wait, hold on. You're, you're kind of downplaying it right there. The wheels, the ball bearings, as if that doesn't matter. I think the oh, easiest gonna- way to describe it, actually, the way, I, the way I tell people is, you know your buddy that built those plywood drawers in the back of his truck <laughs> that were a pretty cool idea, but you looked at it and you're like, I don't think I've got that in me, but I can understand why he would do that. That's what we did. We were just a bunch of you know guys from Idaho who decided, like, wow, that's a really cool idea. We should make a product like we should engineer that and spend some time and energy and resources to make something that can fit all pickup trucks so that was that was really what it came from it's like a injection molded version of that plywood pickup truck drawer system but with your buddy bait you guys got smart because not only is there basically treads for traction on top of it but you add tie downs to the top of it your drawers pull out they're the length of your pickup bed they're lockable it's waterproof so instead of your you know plywood drawers that have like felt carpet stapled to them that are sitting in the back of your truck soaking up i don't know rain and and dirt and all this you guys have this really awesome you know i, I don't know if it's roto molded or plastic or well, how would you explain the construction well all right so Without getting too nerdy about it, people that see, I got a call from this guy, the head of product development okay at Pelican to, the other day. It's okay he was to like, get nerdy, by the way. You well, he, he's, you know, he was honestly like this guy from Pelican, which is we all know Pelican cases, yeah, are like the most badass injection molded, you know, storage system. I mean, they make all kinds of stuff. I mean, look at their website. Like yeah. Pelican makes like yeah. command centers and like organ, you know, transfer cases. They can yeah. put a harden Yeti like coolers. They have everything now. We went out and had this idea. Got a guy from Detroit who was a big time engineer at Altair. They make everything on the sun for the big three and engineer it. And this guy like led us to injection molding using low pressure, high density polyethylene is what it's made out of. And there's these giant presses and it's uh it's got a steel frame. You don't see that's inside of it. That makes it like a incredibly, you know, high strength to weight ratio proposition. 
and we can do it for a thousand bucks, you know? And that was really the thing was we didn't want to make like a Yeti cooler. We want to make something that people could buy that you could afford. Cause we figured our guys probably like, you know, 75 to 150 to whatever, but you know, we want the, with the guy that actually works to be able to buy this thing. And so that was where it came from. And then we found all these manufacturing partners in Ohio. So it's all made in America and actually it's made from hundred percent recycled material. So very those cool. sprinkler boxes in your yard or HTPE, we yeah. grind it up, put it back into a heat press and like shoot it back into the factory. And, and it's designed to uh, not take away from your cargo hauling capability, right? It's yeah, it's 200 pounds. Yeah. 200 pound weight. You put 2000 pounds on top of it. So you can easily put a UTV on it, strap it down yeah. and still have all your lockable storage underneath. Yeah. Tell me about the R&D process of developing this thing. Was, <laughs> it, was it a bear? Oh my God. Yeah. So I fortunately came to the company. I, I was the, mar- I'm the marketing guy. I didn't answer a question. So I don't really do anything. You know, I just, <laughs> the guys, the, the, the guys that did the work to make the product they tried to get me to come on board early, and I was like, there's no way. Like, you guys figure this out. I don't want to be there for where the... were you? You were at a sunglass company before this, right? Yeah, I was a marketing guy at Smith Optics, uh, which is also in this little town in Ketchum, Idaho. So that's the, that's where we're from, big, which big is in like... The, big in the ski scene, right? Yeah. Smith, okay. Yeah, and uh, those guys decided they'd seek greener pastures in Portland, and we're all, like, Idaho guys, so we weren't going to go to Portland. And then, so we kind of got together, and one of my buddies, who's like a, you know, guy who's a retired finance guy from Wall Street who didn't do a good job of retirement. <laughs> His wife kicked him out and he started to solve like uh, automated driverless cars and driving. Studied big study down here in LA for a while. And then that kind of fell flat. And then he got this wild hair with a friend of ours to make this company. So it's a huge consumer market and there's a problem to solve. Everyone's got a pickup truck with a yeah. bunch of junk in it. Yep. And crossover toolboxes don't really work. And you know, people have tunnel covers for various reasons, but there's a, there's a problem to solve. And uh, so yeah, man, you know, like they sell 2.2 million of those trucks in the United States alone, and then who knows how many millions globally. Well, so. and you said the toolboxes aren't the best solution, right? And going back to that, what's awesome about Decked is the height of your tailgate is usually your working height, right? Like that's, you know, mid, mid-torso mid where you're going to lift and slide something in. That's your desk. That's your desk, right? So what, what Decked has done is they have these drawers that are at working height rather than if you had a toolbox at the front of the bed behind your cab, you're crawling up in the bed, you lose everything, only the first, you know, six, eight inches are, you know, useful. And now you have decked, you can put all your stuff in these drawers and slide them out all the way. And now it's at working height, you're not crawling in and out of your bed, which is really cool. Yeah. And if you want to use the full footprint of your bed, this thing goes up just above your wheel wells. So actually you can put a bunk of plywood in there, you can put pallets in there, you can sleep on it. Um, It just makes your bed more useful. Now, there is a trade-off. You lose 12 inches of bed depth, but for most things you use a truck for, you can compensate for that. Like we make tie-down straps. Yep. A lot of guys have canopies on top of their trucks. This is you know? all, I assume it's all bolted in, right? Really? Secure. Yeah. You don't have to drill any holes in your truck either. It just, it goes in and connects your bed tie-down. So uh, you can take it out in 10 minutes. You can put it in in 10 minutes. So you're really not stuck with it either. If you need to haul it your is modular. mother-in-law's refrigerator across town, you can, you know. It's made of different pieces to for different bed lengths and things like that. So it's yeah. really easy if you if you needed to take it out. And it's not like one big 200-pound thing you lift out. Well, how And what's it, its lockability? Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have a second, we just had a set of locks. It's not like, you know, Fort Knox, but your tailgate locks, yeah. if your tailgate's locked, you can't open the drawer and you can't really see it. So people don't even know that it's there, which really sucks if you're the marketing guy, because <laughs> all you do right. is dream up ways Our to tell people, product. you know, how to find yeah. this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you hire a bunch of kids to steal tailgates. You know, that's what you do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, is that what's going that's on that's out there right going now? On. Well, you guys also, when I think I saw you for the first time, it was at SEMA. Yeah. And you had it in, you had it in the bed of a truck and you also had it in a, uh, like a Chevy uh, Express. The, the vans are the same dimension as a pickup truck bed. So 
we thought it'd be really easy. Hey, we'll just, you know, engineer it for vans. That took us a little longer than we thought, and then no one bought it. So if you want to buy a van system, I'd love to sell you one. But uh, they're great for vans. because We've got our Nissan our, our Nissan uh, NV2500 exactly. truck trend yeah. van right out here in the garage, and we need that because right now we have about 15 action packers and uh, Rubbermaid containers about ready to fall over on, you know, the next turn. So, You're on. Uh, I know a guy. All right. All yeah. right. We'll take one. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it, it works in the vans. Now we have a midsize product. So all the Tacoma guys that are going to burn down our office will be happy to know that we actually made that product, which is another... <laughs> You know, it's a it's a million dollars in parts and pieces to get off the ground, but then you can make it for the entire world. It's the, they're the same. You know, there's very little variation in pickup truck beds or innovation, so and it makes it pretty easy. Tell me about bringing this thing to market. What a time span from inception to to getting it to market, and then how who's distributing it, and where do I buy it? And tell me that story. Oh man, it's like. Making it was like giving birth to like Chinese throwing stars and then <laughs> bringing it to market was like throw a meat cleaver in it. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, change people's behavior. Early adopters get it right away. They're like, wow, that's really cool. I can see how that would work. But to actually get the product made was like these molders, like they've never seen a mold this big. They'd never mold anything quite this large out of this stuff. So they're doing what, like intake tubes or, you know, little, little things here yeah, and there. Well, you're in there and there's like your Rainbird guys are making sprinkler boxes yeah, okay. and U-Line's making little hand carts and knock down pallets and crates so this thing is like as big as a pickup truck so like the molds like a bigger than your studio not that that's really that big but you know it's like big you know like the, the mold and then the press it runs on is as big as like two semi trucks so it's it's a quite a, a four football field footprint just where the, the factory floor holy mackerel yeah and it's all in ohio it's a we got a great video on our youtube channel if you want to see how we make it we just made like a little behind the scenes lifted the kimono like here's what we do is it uh decked yeah. on youtube yeah deck truck storage i don't know something okay. just Google Deck. So you you developed this product, and it takes how long to finally get to a, a th- something where you can sell? That's yeah, we were all happy with it. We were like three years from beginning to end, which was like, hey, what a great idea! Yeah, let's do that. Let's have lunch again tomorrow and talk. And then when it really kind of brass tacks, we had no idea what we we're doing. So we went and found people that did know what they were doing, and they just basically said, well, what are the three or four things it has to do? So two thousand pound payload, weigh about two hundred pounds, carry two hundred pounds per drawer. I thought like it was a pretty reasonable weight, and then it should cost about a thousand bucks. Then they went out and like. Well, you said just oh, we just found out found people who knew what they were doing. Who, yeah. where, what? It's not, there's no yellow <laughs> page. Google. I need a guy to, to develop this thing. Well, yeah, that's a CAD engineer and he's very expensive. Then there's this guy. Then there's this guy. Yeah. It's kind of like how you know it's Jerry one of over those... here had to develop the stuff himself, learn the trade, yeah. learn welding, learn this design. It's deceptive. It's one of those products that's kind of like a why didn't I think of that? And it looks really simple, but when you get down to it, the engineering and the design that go into it, I, I don't. It's not something that you're going to have to worry about it being ripped off tomorrow uh, yeah. from you know somebody in China or something like that because there's there's actual like engineering that has gone into this thing. Yeah, and we have a utility patent with like 27 claims and all that. But really, what it is is like Jerry's an artist, you know, like he's a he's a real life you know fabricator. We're I've never owned a pickup truck that was worth more than my bicycle, you know. I'm like <laughs> I'm not that guy. So what we found was that we could engineer this, which most stuff in this space is actually fabricated. You know, it's trial and error and years and years of like learning and iteration and, and perfecting and what we did was kind of did it the other way because we weren't those guys we went and just engineered it so that we would know it would work we knew what we were doing in that field which is kind of like back to the nerds from idaho thing and that was like you know how we came to this and it was also by the way i rented that movie nerds from idaho <laughs> yeah it was, that wasn't a movie it was oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was an adult flick. That's uh, brown. That's brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah, <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah. So, so it's uh, interesting about your product. The first time I saw your product, 
Um, I had a customer. We just decked out his two, his totally new Gen Two Raptor. Pun see, intended. See what you did there? <laughs> Very marketing guy, right? <laughs> yeah. So dialed this thing in, and he came back uh, from a Linex store who had installed that in the bed of his truck. And I mean, I was blown away. I mean, the bummer was is I still had to take it out so I could put the Fox Reservoir brackets <laughs> in the bed. No, but it, it was really cool because it came out. It like splits down the middle, yep. and you just got your little like clamps that hold it to the uh, tie down spots there. But I was really impressed with the product. So we built a truck for DC shoes for the snow team and uh, Travis Rice and I designed this truck and um, I used the Joe box, which is the steel work guy box. Cause my thing was, I had to put a snowmobile in the bed of the truck. I needed to put boots and snow gear in the bed of the truck and it needed to be kind of sealed. So when I saw this product, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We build overland trucks, and this is a home run product because, yeah. like, we put the tent on the truck, and you need to store it. But you want to use every square inch of the bed. You just don't want to, like, yeah. waste space. Yeah. And I was stoked on, like, when you pull that the wheels roll all clean. It's like skateboard wheels. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, there's skateboard wheels on the end of the drawer. Do you so use they roll Swiss out. bearings? <laughs> yeah. I, I, honestly, Are they ABEX 7? They're 10s. It was so smooth. 10s. Well, and that's really, you know, another thing was, like, all those drawers with slides. Like, we've all had our kitchen drawer that gets jammed, you know, or the thing yeah. bends, and it, you put a bunch of weight in it. So this is, like... It actually gets better as it gets heavier, and you can put way more than we say you can put in there. That's what I noticed. So my customer had it. Um, an- another guy came with a Tacoma. This was like probably two or three weeks ago, and he had all of his camping gear, so stoves, and, but like heavy stuff, just all tossed in it. Lead bullion. But it's not metal. It's not going to like dent and scratch all your yep. stuff. It's plastic. You and know? it's it's lockable, and it's weather resistant, right? I mean, you're not going to get water in there. You're not going to get dust in there. You're, yeah. you're not going to dent it by having something on top of it. Greg, would you would you say that the uh, the weight, the capacity was on top? So could you put that snowmobile that, that oh, you yeah. on it? Easy. Ooh. Easy. We, we say 2,000 pounds, but actually I've got a 350 Super Duty, and I put, and that's distributed across like that surface area, which is about, you know, 40 square feet. I put 4,000 pound pallet of sandbags. And really the only thing, you can screw it up. Like the couple things you can do to screw up a product is, if you do the like sh- the the Ford Chevy toolbox, you know, yeah, brick test, drop it from five feet to see if it makes a hole in it. Yeah, sort of if you do something dumb, you can punch a hole in it. Or if you're like you have a welder that weighs six hundred pounds and it's on like stiletto heel in like, one little, little area, but that thing's pretty thick. Like I don't think you're just gonna puncture it. No, like, but I it, was checking no, that thing out. You've got to like do something really dumb, but you can do that. And we have a good customer service warranty program, and we take care of everyone. So just admit it when you screwed up. Don't try to lie to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or tell us a good story. If it's a lie, make it a good story. You know? Like I was thinking, like what a perfect product that is for our chase trucks. Like we yeah. have super duties, we have long bed, short bed, but I could still go to my laser cutter and pick up like two thousand pallet pound pallets of laser cut yep. steel. I'd have no problem sliding it on there. It actually feels safer sliding it on your unit than I would in then the bed. the Linex floor. You're pulling up the bed. You're scratching it or yeah. dead in the bed. This thing's plastic. Yeah. Like it's like a, a bed liner, but it's grippy. It's yeah. not all slippery like. Yeah, it's it's easy to work with. You can do stuff like you're talking. You can the cool thing about it is it gives you versatility. Like in a company, you kind of learn who your customer is. You, you think who they are, and then you kind of learn who they are. Most people actually don't have a lot of time in their life, and they're like they're go getters. They want to go hunt or fish or camp on the weekend, and they work construction or they have some use for that thing. And it gives them that like kind of segment of versatility. So like a you know a carpenter can go and have all of his tools in one drawer, go get his materials at the building and supply store. He's got his fishing gear on the other side. Go do his job. And then when he gets off work, it's like, boom, it's right there. It's organized. And then I find myself, I've got like four daughters. So we go fishing, you know, or something like that. And they have all their waders and all their crap. And it's all dirty. And it's everywhere. They've got their little spot for it. And then when I'm done, it all goes back. And then, you know, I got to work on 
Friday and like just pick up the kids and you can go. And you guys actually offer a ton of accessories for the drawers too. You have different like toolboxes and dividers. So it's not like, you know, five feet of just a, a slot for things to roll around. I mean, it, it's you can divide it up and-, and, and Yeah, put, and that's the, that's the next thing for us is to build out the components, the different pieces that make it actually do more for you. So bags, different toolboxes, cargo tie downs. We know we need to do a mat. We've got a whole laundry list of things we want to build. And jacuzzi? So, a jacuzzi tub, yeah. <laughs> you guys have, so if you imagine in the bed of the truck, uh, it covers everything. It goes over the top of the wheel wells. And there's sort of like in most pickup trucks, there's that dead space that's in front of the wheel well, between the wheel well and the tailgate, right? So the drawers are between the wheel wells. You actually have really uh, deep cubbies that are easily accessed just from the top without even pulling down your tailgate where you can quickly get at stuff that you might need. Yeah, it's pretty handy. We, have, we call them ammo cans. And really what they are, they're like the corner pillars or like the support of the corners of the, of the product. But there's a little lid that pops up. There's drink holders in the lid. Uh, which is great for like your beers or like small parts if you're, if you're working on something that's right. And then also, um, you know, like tie down straps, cleaning products, stuff that you don't care if it gets ripped off or it's in the, you know, because they're exposed, you can just reach in there. But that's what's kind of great about it too. So you get more use of that space. It's not 100%. You give up a little bit for sure. But uh, yeah. What, what's, the, what's the weight of the full badass system? And after I buy it from you, do I need to call Jerry and get a new rear suspension? <laughs> yes. Jerry says yes. 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 <laughs> you need those six thousand dollar Fox <laughs> shocks he's talking bypass, about. Right. Yeah. Made from unobtainium. Six thousand dollars, man. That's how, awesome. How many uh, decked uh, units can I buy for six thousand dollars? <laughs> about five and a half. Man. <laughs> no, that's uh, it weighs two hundred and twenty pounds plus or minus oh, uh, when it's in there. And the cool thing is, is we sell, you can buy them from us direct online. We have a bunch of dealers here in Southern California. Went and saw a bunch of them. Great guys today. And uh, so if you don't want to deal with the install, it'll take you probably two hours if you're not a, you know, averse to like, you know, reading written instructions or watching a video. A handful of like simple common tools everyone has. You can put it together and get, it comes to your door from us or from any one of our retailers or a dealer will actually bring it in and put it in for you. And he can do all the work in advance. So if you schedule it with him, he'll have it pre-assembled, and then it'll, you'll be there for 15 minutes, you know. So it's a pretty consumer, you know, it's it's an easy consumer product compared to a lot of other things that take a lot of expertise to to do. Like, I'm not going to do the suspension and the lift on my truck. And how's the adoption been for, you know, your rental? How long has the company been around? We're, we're about four and a half years of selling product. Okay. And we've sold, like we're pushing, we'll hit 40,000 total sales uh in that time, but we sold more. Oh, nice. Oh, we sold, yeah, oh, so, so Jerry's showing us a picture of one of his customers' trucks yeah. with the deck in the back. Yeah, so I'm on the show, and I, I didn't know Decked was coming in tonight, and then uh, I kind of lit up when I'm like, oh, the guy from Decked's here, because I had a, <laughs> this guy come to my shop. And no, I don't get impressed very often with products, and this product is awesome. Like, I'm sold. Like, the thing, it's like a perfect product. Sounds like you can sign up a new dealer. I know. I think we <laughs> get down and get some uh, credit app into Jerry. And yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's cool, too, on the deck is that you guys have, like, that cool uh, ruler and stuff on the back. So, I guess for the hunting and fishing crowd or the contractors, you know, just a, another little nicety that's been added. A little, you know, a little, I don't know, what they got, a surprise and delight feature, if you will. Yeah, there's a little ruler. That's actually kind of, we did that sort of like a skid plate because when you drag things in and out, you're probably going to, you know, nick up that side of the, that end of the bed and... And actually, maybe I'll have you guys do this. I want to redesign it, and I'm trying to figure out what 
relevant information, you know, should go on there. It's time to refresh it. So that's your, right. that should give uh, your homework. Our our logo, Truck Show Podcast. Yeah, yeah right. We'll, right. we'll do a custom one or, for you. Truck Show Podcast Special Edition. Our signatures should go on there. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Actually, if you look under the drawer, the signatures of all the engineers that engineer the product yeah, is, uh, is, that, is total, actually molded in the drawer. That's an Apple story. So if you remember uh, Steve Jobs, when he came back to Apple, he made the, uh, the Mac um, the classic case and all the engineers they signed the inside of the original Mac case which is you kind guys of a cool ever do story. that Jerry at any of your products like are the inside of a, a part that nobody will ever see is signed well it's funny you ask that but when I started welding was on surfboard shaping racks and I used to sign them all <laughs> like with the welder Oh, and really? so now I go buy places. I was just at a place in Costa Mesa, and I'm like, I made those racks. The guy goes, no way. And I'm like, look, I signed them right there. It's weird, That's but it's funny. like, yeah, I used to do that. I made, and then like, the Chinese company that ripped you off has your signature on all of theirs because they yeah, copied exactly. it exactly. <laughs> Man, all I ever do is draw wieners on everything. <laughs> <laughs> is that where they're coming from? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about your window. <laughs> So run us through the pricing. Did he already do that? No, no, it's pretty simple. Like if you have a five and a half foot bed truck, it's eleven forty nine. If you got a six and a half foot bed, it's twelve forty nine. If you have a van, it's twelve ninety nine. And um, there's a little bit of like here and there with a few items in there. We fit eight foot beds. Uh, it's not eight feet long, but it's six and a half feet. And then you have like room for a crossover toolbox or a fuel transfer tank or something like that at the at the head of the bed. And uh, yeah, everything's like pretty basic, you know, on free shipping if you order from. Uh, so pretty much anyways, free shipping. So you got five guys in this room, PR guys sitting over here in the corner on our casting couch, and you've impressed four out of the five. You're already, you, you work there, so it's not fair. But you've got, you know, Jerry, who owns Camberg, which are, you know, arguably one of the most important fabricators out there in the off-road world. You got Holman, who many people may or may not know, runs an entire arm of a of you know a publishing arm for the enthusiast network what's it called now motor trend group motor trend group god they keep changing the freaking <laughs> I, names. I know i it's know like they change underwear well i don't really count i used to come i came from radio but you've impressed three guys in here and well you don't think the agency not, guy is impressed no nah, i mean he's just nice nah, he's paid to be here <laughs> <laughs> i think we kept him after hours i wanted to know what his day rate is just just changed it's validating it's a lot of hard work went into this and uh you know it's not the sexiest thing but it's really a great I don't know. I think it's pretty sexy. Product I think it's and, pretty sexy. And, uh, and no, I, I'm flattered. It's, I'm honored to be with you guys, honestly. So, you know, this is. And, and you impressed an entire Jerry. car company because we've got Nissan's uh, uh, surf camp concept out there with yeah, the deck system. I and couldn't believe that. I drove in the parking lot and I was like, wait a minute. I, I sent that guy a product. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're like, oh, good. It actually went on a truck that's getting exposure. But did yeah. you see how they did all the tie downs and stuff on it? And they got a ton of stuff on on top of the deck tied down. And Oh, they got Bernard. They got Leitner's uh, little, those cool little storage boxes. Yeah. I've never seen those things fitted like that. That was yeah. cool. And So, yeah, David they, Page, if you're listening, uh, the deck guys like what you did yeah, with man, the thanks, uh, surf David. camp. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> exactly. Greg Randolph with Decked and Jerry Zayden with, of course, Camberg. And, and this is the first time coming in. First time we've had two. Yeah, this is the first time we've had two different guests in the studio at the same time. So I mean, we loosely it's call like it a studio. It's like a million degrees in here. You know what it really is? It's like one of when you were a kid, right? And in the back of like Ranger Rick magazine or something, you could get the ant farm, mm-hmm. and uh, you were cultivating ants in your room, and then like the thing turned over and you had an ant problem. That's totally what this is right now. <laughs> we do have that, <laughs> guys. Sorry about that. Honestly, sorry about the ants. No, it just adds the ambiance, really. And, and, <laughs> and I want to say that this is my first podcast ever. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Guys, wait. Guys, hold on. Yeah, hold you on. guys. Yeah, hit the applause. You guys. <laughs> You guys took my virginity on podcast, so uh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> and, and Jerry, I know you've been on podcasts before. How did, how did we stack up? 
these microphones are way nicer than any podcast <laughs> I've ever done. I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, but the the talent behind it was the, the so mic- so bad. <laughs> we got a real radio guy here, and then we got an off-road. Dude, we got I'm a not, guy who just types. I'm I'm not a dumbass. I got the radio guy because I knew I could not do this by myself. So uh, you know, I went all right. If we, I we always tell people that we're trying to limit the amount of suckage, and I I think we we limited sufficiently. Uh, I've got inbox stuff to read that says that we're doing a good job. So yeah, well, we're trying. We're trying. I'm not saying we're making it. We're, we're not professionals. No, we're just having fun because we love trucks and we love sharing it with you guys. So thanks again for coming down to the studio, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you guys again soon. Right Thank on. You. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having yeah. me. Thanks for having us. Man, those were uh, well done. Good booking. Those yeah, guys you like are that? Freaking. Those guys are amazing. Uh, dude, uh, just the you know, decked. I gotta say the decked. This is so the you had them in because you're like, oh, I got this new thing. But as soon as you told me about decked, I'm like, I saw it at SEMA yeah. two or three years ago. I yeah. thought this is novel. The guys. Well, anyway, we we said what we were going go, to say. Go about to deck.com, check it out because if if you can't imagine what it is when you see it, you go, oh, okay. But so much functionality and, and just a really quality product and, and good guys. Again, made in the USA and you know all the stuff that you want. So super awesome to uh, to have them in and uh, of and course Jerry from Camberg. Really, we just scratched the surface with him. We'll have him back. We didn't really talk about racing and. Yeah. I think we do need to dig in more. You oh, yeah. Know? No, he'll he definitely be a guy we have back on. A lot to offer. All right, let's get some uh, email going. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, you're up. Hold on, I'm dancing. <laughs> Every time. I know you are. All right, so I, I need to preface this by uh, reminding our, our listeners we don't have T-shirts right now, so we apologize. Uh, we will we hopefully get them out once uh, once our stock has been replaced. I have ordered some more. Okay. I ordered the raw garments, and then they will Sweet. be silk screened in the. I hope to have them in let's call it two episodes. Well, we have we've been getting a ton of emails, so I really apologize if we can't reach everybody. Uh, we're reading the, the you know as many good ones as we can, but you guys have overwhelmed the inbox. I think Google sent us something asking. Don't if we tell have a them problem. that. No, oh. don't tell them okay. that because I want them to continue. Yeah. Oh no, we're, we're, we we read them all. We may not read them all in the air. We read every single Truck email. Show podcast at gmail.com. All right. So here's the uh, the first one. I love this email. By the way, this email came to us. It might be one of my favorites. It says. Your songs suck, but my husband <laughs> liked them anyway. Wait, wait, but my husband likes them anyway? Yeah, so uh, Mackenzie sends us this. She says, my introduction to your music was my husband walking around our camper singing, you email, I email, we email. Ah, yes. And I was like, what the hell are you singing? So he pulls out your podcast to show me. The original song wasn't much of an improvement over his singing. <laughs> hold on, hold on. She says, no, really, the songs are kind of cute. We're now listening to your show on our way home from two months in Alaska. And she says, here's a picture of us at the Arctic Circle. We took the truck and camper all the way north to Dead Horse, Alaska, which is the northernmost point you can drive in the U.S. However, we do not recommend pulling a camper up the Dalton Highway to Dead Horse. We broke the bathroom mirror, shook the hot water heater connections loose twice, broke the low point drain off the fresh water tank, and lost all of our water. Oh, oh, my Lord. And we shoved a rock through the tire tread on the truck and ultimately bent a camper axle and had to have it replaced when we reached civilization. Wow. It was still an amazing drive. I loved seeing the Arctic Ocean. It was partially frozen in late June. And i totally do it again just without the camper. Please send my husband a shirt, XL. He loves your podcast. We will send one to you. And here's the weird part. I'm going to Alaska in two and a half weeks. Yes, you are. 
And uh, just going to Anchorage, taking the taking the kids. I love Alaska. And uh, we, it, I'm only going for like a, what is a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Not enough time. And I would love to know if you. I'm. We should maybe we'll get them. I'll correspond with them. Okay. And uh, and find out what they recommend up there. And my kids are like, you drove to Alaska one time. Why don't we just drive? Which, <laughs> which I did. I drove up the five freeway from Christmas Southern California tree. to get a Christmas tree. A long story. <laughs> but all the way up uh, into Canada, called the Alcan Highway, yep. into Fairbanks, and just outside of Fairbanks is North Pole, Alaska, and there is a full-time Santa Claus that lives there. And we went out back around the backside of the Santa Claus house, and we cut down a tree, and we carried it all the way back to L.A. for, for a concert. concert. For yeah. a concert, yeah. A we'll different world back then. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a good story there. All right, this one's uh, embarrassing truck scenes and other stuff. This is Seth emailing us. Hey, guys, been listening to the show for four or five episodes now, and I really love the info and interviews. Not a huge fan of the cheesy sound effects, but I think the jingles are okay. All right. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Wait, the- Wait, no, that's when you put in a sound effect of us booing him. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. No, you know what? You know what, uh, Seth gets? <laughs> Where did I leave off here? I'm really looking forward to the Toyota content. I've driven a Toyota since I was 16. First vehicle was my dad's 1985 FJ60 that my parents nice. bought the month before I was born. I drive a Tacoma right now, and I'm looking to upsize to a Tundra in the next three to four years. Anyway, I heard y'all asking. Oh, it's funny. He says y'all. Y apostrophe A-L-L. Anyway, I heard y'all ask about embarrassing truck scenes, and I have seen one online out of South Carolina called Carolina Squat. The guy will lift the front of the truck and either leave the back end stock or even put a lowering kit on it. And a lot of them have a traffic cone in the bed, too. Why? I don't I don't even know. So that's sort of like taking the pre-runner scene to a different level, right? We used to call that the El Cajon mode or something like that when it was all pre-runnered out. And, but this is the but extreme. But this is extreme up. Yeah, this is I a whole know. different... And I bet they never go off-road, right? It's probably 20s or 22. But what's up with the traffic cone? I don't know. Let's, we, we're going to have to... If you guys know... Anything about the Carolina squat, we want to hear more about it. We're West Coast guys. I've never heard of it Never before. heard of it. Anyway, keep up the good work. Seth Anderson, size XL. Hey, guys. My name is Joshua. Your guys' show is awesome. I drive a semi for a living locally in California. I live in Tulare, just in between Fresno and Bakersfield. Y'all's show is one of the two podcast shows that I actually listen to. Love the jingles and all the craziness, LOL. Thank okay. you. Thank okay. you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he he now claims. Now wait, we just made him happy with a cheer, yeah, with the clapping, but we pissed off the other the guy. other guy. Uh, we, can't, like, uh, yeah, no, we can't win. Can't no, win. I think the other guy was indifferent. I think I think we're good. He didn't like the sound effects, but he liked the jingles. Uh, okay, all right. well, all right. Okay. Uh, he says you both are cool. Well, I appreciate that. I'll, Thank I'll you. take that. Uh, he says I drive a Ford F two fifty, and I've had every problem in the book with it, costing almost ten thousand dollars in repairs. LOL. I'm currently looking for a new truck and leaning towards the Chevy. And listening to you guys talk about it is helping me a lot with my decision. Thank you. And uh, he asked for an XL. All right. Very cool. Thank you, Josh. Richard says, hey, guys, love the podcast. It's excellent. I'm a podcast junkie, and this is one of my favorites by far. I deleted Corolla a long time ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey. Adam Corolla. Yeah, no, we, we love Adam. Uh, but Jay it's actually the, knows Adam. You, I, you're you're yeah, good friends with him. You. Adam used to work for me. Yep. Um, well, work with me, I should say. There you go. I was wondering if you guys would, because he actually did work for me, but if if, if you heard me say that, he would, it dis- would, yeah. he would dispute it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it at He'd call you a revision historian exactly. or something. Exactly. So I was wondering if you guys would consider a segment involving more mild chassis mods on newer 4 bys 
online, there's a lot of discussion on how to properly level a hey, truck. Hey, we talked about that tonight yep. a little bit, right? Well, yep. Puck level, uh, Bilstein 5100s or question mark. Maybe someone from an established 4 by shop that's done a bunch of these. Anyway, keep okay. it up. Rich <laughs> from New Jersey. Done. <laughs> well, we, right, we, we crossed that one we off. We handled that earlier. Uh, Anton sends us an email. Says, "Great podcast. I've been listening since the beginning when Lightning said I'd like the production. I've listened to about half of the new episodes. The only thing I can't get out of my head is your friend with the AMG E63 doesn't have AAA. <laughs> <laughs> True nah, story. Nah, nah he's like story. Pennywise, pound foolish. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, this one's from Lauren. Say, Lightning at home, and I started listening to your show when the Diesel Performance Podcast gave y'all a shout out. Oh, very cool. Yeah, hey, that's cool. I have gone back and listened to every episode and liked that y'all have the opportunity to talk to engineers and people behind the scenes of so many great trucks. As far as the factory performance trucks you've mentioned, the Ford F-150 Tremor wasn't brought up. I know it wasn't much of a performance truck, but it seemed to be an attempt to bring that street performance style to a factory truck. I'd like to hear more about it in other performance trucks. I do think there's a big market for another big street dominating truck like the Ford Lightning and Dodge SRT Ram. But that could be because I'm in Texas where every car thinks twice about racing a truck. Keep up the great work and I look forward to hearing more. Lawrence? Uh, I will tell you that with my discussions with the OEs, uh, I think people are starting to figure out that there's a lot of saturation in the off-road market. Although those off-road trucks, the factory packages, sell really well. I wouldn't be surprised to see a company or two in the next few years come out with a more street-oriented truck. Maybe not quite Ford Lightning or 454 SS, but something that I think goes more toward the street people and, and what they like. Um, you know, There's trucks out there that are close. You can get a, like a Hemi Express with 20-inch wheels from Ram and things like that. But... I, I think if you hold on a year or two, there'll probably be some OE stuff coming that way. I was at Irwindale Speedway this last Thursday, and there were one, two, three, four, five, six single cab, short bed yep. trucks racing each other. Which is cool. And fully loaded, and guys had turbos, superchargers, the yeah. whole thing. And I think awesome. they were all like Chevys and Fords, mostly Chevys, I think. And uh, it was really neat to see that. And it's it's coming back. It's, yeah. So it's going to get forced. I mean, I'm seeing it happen. Consumers are going to force the OEs to do yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're a couple of years away, but I agree. I think it's coming back. This one's from Tow Truck Ryan. Hey, I heard your podcast and mentioned my review and how you wanted to do an interview. I'd be more than happy to answer your question and talk about the job and my experiences as a tow truck driver. I'm currently out on call about 260 miles from my home picking up a wrecked semi-grain trailer Whoa. and have included a couple of photos from my last memorable tows. My cell number is... Dot, 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 and I look forward to hearing from you guys. So he's got a... I kind of thought, for whatever reason, I thought he had like a... a Flatbed or something? Uh, yeah, some kind of big one. It's it, This is a, a Ford 7.3, kind of an older truck, but in really cherry shape. And he's pulling a uh, BMW 5 Series. He's got some bigger stuff. He's yeah. got some other pictures, oh, too. Oh, damn, big you're stuff. right. The next yeah. one is... No, that that is a... I can't tell if it's a Kenworth or a Peterbilt, but that's a... Big boy. That's a big boy. And he's, he's hauling a tractor. And then another one. Oh, dude, he has a flatbed with a full size. This looks like a, what's that, a Freightliner? What kind of truck is that? Yeah, Freightliner. It's like a Freightliner full size. Yeah. yeah. So he's got a, a, a bevy of tow trucks to drive. Uh, here's one that I really liked. Five-star review from Oz. This is from Matt. Matt says, hi, Lightning and Holman. Matt from Australia here. I found your show after you had Freiburger on. I have not stopped listening since. I like the banter between you two. Thank you and the insight into the American truck industry and lifestyle. I mostly appreciate the reminiscing of bygone eras and trends. All my friends had mini trucks back in the day, and I had Prelude seats in a 78 Toyota. <laughs> For that reason alone, I'm giving you a five-star rating. Oh, hey, Mr. All right. 
And he says, my daily is a 2017 Toyota Hilux diesel 4x4, which we don't get over here, mm. um, averaging 1,000 kilometers a week on and off-road in the rail industry. My garage consists of my wife's 14 Jeep Grand Cherokee, a 55 Chevy Gasser, that's cool, Oh yeah, and a 54 Chevy Lowrider project. I love the show. Keep up the good work. P.S. I'm a large. Thanks, Matt. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's definitely cool. And then I've got one here from... Uh, from Cody says, hey guys, repeat emailer here. Thanks for answering all my questions about the JT Scrambler and your favorite villain trucks. If you remember, Cody had sent us an email before asking which villain trucks from uh, TV or popular culture we liked. And we had talked about, I had brought up um, the evil Michael Knight from Knight Rider. Which I couldn't remember. We right. He says, I know I personally can't wait for Jeep to re-enter the truck market, so I'm anxiously awaiting the reveal. Also, I've seen both the dual Peterbilt. I know about Goliath from Knight Rider. Who <laughs> that was my choice. That was your choice. Yeah, it was the Peterbilt from the movie Duel. Yeah. Look, it, look it up. And he says, who would have thought the Hoff could pull off a goatee? <laughs> says, thanks for making my weights in the dump truck at work more entertaining. Love the goofy intros and themes. My T-shirt size is large, also Cody. Well, we'll try and get you that shirt yeah. as uh, quickly as we can. Very cool. And then we've had a couple reviews this week. Uh, this one's from uh, Danny. says, the show I've been waiting for, five stars. He says, uh, what? Five, five stars! stars. Gentlemen, I've been looking for a good automotive show to listen to for a long time. The fact that he's able to find one on trucks is a double bonus. The first show I listened to was the Aaron Kaufman show. Oh, nice. And I noticed it on his website. But then heard the Gail Banks show, and as most listeners have said, was really awesome. So far, y'all's show has been great, and I look forward to hearing more. Well, that's the third y'all, y'all yeah. actually typed in an email. Where y'all heavy tonight? That is, what the <laughs> I love what? It. So he says, I'm active duty military. He's originally from the great state of Texas, but currently reside in Florida. I would be proud to rep one of your shirts. Well, y'all, <laughs> one of y'all's <laughs> shirts, if you happen to have any more left. Um, he says, thanks for the great podcast. That's from Danny. And then we got one more from uh, not just for trucks, guys. Jeep guys love it too. Five star. Five <laughs> this nice. is from uh, Mr. Funnies. He says, super informative and a great compliment to the Motor Mr. Trend Funnies, on Demand. Mr. Funnies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. <laughs> he says, uh, super informative and a great compliment to the Motor Trend on Demand. I especially like the insider information and diesel episodes. We got the diesel bug so much that we went out and bought an eco diesel Jeep Grand Cherokee. Oh, cool. He says, please bring back Rick Payway and Gail Banks for some more stories. Well, right on. Yeah. Yeah, we could, we could definitely have those guys back. Um, you know, I, I work with Rick on a daily basis, and you work with Gail on a daily basis. Yeah, so. no, we'll, we'll have to have them back. But we have yeah. so many people that we need to have in first. Oh, my God. So we got to space them out a little bit. But The, the uh, list is crazy. You, we, I don't think we want to share who we have coming up. We want it to be a surprise. But I will tell you that, uh, Holman, you've been hard at work, and we have a lot of guests coming up. Can, I've, got, I've, I've, I've called in some favors. And we're going to be doing, it's yeah. going to be fun. How, so about we, shows... how about we tease it really generally? Like we've got, if you're interested in the classic trucks, we have an appraiser that you might know coming on. Okay. If you're familiar with auctions, we might have a president of a famous auction talk about how hot the truck scene is getting in the auction world. Okay. If you're into performance trucks, we might have the president of a aftermarket performance company that delves into the performance truck market coming on. Okay. Uh, we may have some uh, some more new product and uh, apparel type people that are sort of fun in the space coming we on. We might have some celebrities. We might have a celebrity or two coming on. <laughs> yes. So please stay with us. We really appreciate all your emails. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And hit us on the socials at truckshowpodcast. It's that easy. At truckshowpodcast. And please spread the word like a virus. Share it. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. 
And don't forget to subscribe and please give us five stars if you haven't done it already. That really helps with uh, our visibility on iTunes. And I know on social we promised you the 2019 Chevy 1500 review was going to be this episode. We're actually going to have it next episode. So sorry to keep you guys waiting, but we're running long because we had such great guests. Can I just tease him? Yeah. Here we go. Truck review. <laughs> yeah. Roll the colon dragon truck nuts. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that one. So in the next episode, that jingle will be followed by an actual truck review. Yeah. Yeah. Next episode, we'll, we'll have the new uh, Chevy. And then also, uh-oh. We've already said goodbye. Yep. Thanks, Nissan. I'm going to drive the surf camp home. Yes, you are. And I'm going to, no, we talked about trading earlier. Yeah, I'm going to drive it home. No, I'm driving it home and you're going to be mad.